I'd like to now introduce our speaker for tonight, Lori. Um, hi, I'm Laurie, anorexic, blamed, compulsive reader. Hi, uh, recovering. Um, thank you, Harriet, for asking me to to speak. I'm a, a little bit nervous. I um, I haven't spoken at this meeting in a really long time, and these microphone and things make me crazy. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Um, I'm really, it's good to be of service. I, I'm a little tired today. I, I got back from visiting my family on the East Coast, and I didn't get into bed until about 2 in the morning. So I'm a little bit sleepy today. Um, but it was it was a great, great trip, and I'll share more about that later because it's totally attributable to the program and to... Um, these the steps and and just being able to be with my family and there be sanity um, and healing like amazing healing and um, I guess I'll just share the the typical you know what it was like what happened and what it's like now um, I came into OA in 1996 um, May of 96 and um, that was after being hospitalized twice. Um, a suicide attempt. I was a self-cutter and um, just a lot of like low-bottom stuff around my disease and um, really didn't want to be here. Um, Didn't really know how to deal with life and the way that I coped was with food or not eating um, or over-exercising. My bulimia, I don't throw up. I try to, I hate to throw up. So um, exercise is the way that I used the bulimia and um, spent multiple, multiple hours in the gym um, every day and um, it was it was really insane. I, I had a really difficult time leaving the gym <laughs> and um, I didn't know how people just like came in and like worked out and then left, you know, like... <laughs> I just would stay there. It was like I felt so safe there, you know, and now that I have moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. But um, but I'm there because, you know, I just am. But um, but not in the insane way that I was before. And uh, so so I came in in 96, and, um, you know, I'll just share a little bit about the disease. I mean, I'm sure we all can relate. And... Um, I I have all facets of the disease. I am an anorexic, I'm a bulimic, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and I see more and more of that the longer that I'm in the rooms. I really do see that I am a I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, I have that as well. And you know, I just I didn't know how to. As I said, I didn't know how to deal with life. And and for me, you know, my upbringing. Um, we weren't really a family that like talked about our feelings, and we. My dad was, and he still is, a surgeon, and my mom was a nurse, and and um, and then became a, a home. She stayed at home, and and I rarely saw my father when I was a kid, and um, and he, when I did, he wasn't the friendliest to be around, and um, he just had a lot of rage, and and that's who he was then, and. He's changed so much since that time, and um, but for 
you know, at the time, I just I didn't know how to relate to my dad. And um, I had two older brothers, and um, one, I mean, we all, in my family, we all kind of went through our, our feelings and, and our experiences alone. Like, it was sort of an individual, we were together physically, but we were, like, all dealing individually. And... Um, a huge part of my story, and I've shared this so many times, but it really, I'm seeing it so clearly that it is so part of my story, is that when I was 10 years old, I um, I got arthritis in my right hand, and they removed it, and I was told I was going to be fine, and then two years later, it spread all over my body, and, um, and um, just in case, because I, I get cold, so I'll stick it under here. Thank you. Um, thanks. And um, I got arthritis all over my body, and um, I just, I was in middle school, and it was already a tough time, you know, going through the whole, like, trying to figure out who I was, and there was tension at home, and and I just suddenly had this chronic illness, um, this autoimmune disease that I knew nothing about other than what the doctors were saying, and and I just really didn't know how to cope with it. Um, I... I had all these feelings inside that I just could not talk about. And um, I'm doing a four-step in another program, so I'm getting really to the root of a lot of the stuff and the feelings. And um, I just didn't have anybody to talk to. And so I felt like so many feelings like with God, and I felt feelings about who I was, and I was just the way that I related to my peers was different. And, um, and I don't think my parents were equipped at the time to deal with a child with an illness. They just didn't have the support, you know. And and so um, so I I just felt really unsafe. I, I felt unsafe in, in so many ways. It wasn't just because of being diagnosed with a chronic illness, but it was just there were so many things I felt unsafe about. And so for me, my comfort was food. Like that became my best friend. I did not know at the time when I was choosing this that it was going to be my best friend. I just knew that I was some, something totally shifted in my brain and how I related to my body and my weight and food. And I remember, like, thinking, I have a, a big rear end. And, and I was in middle school, and I, I just suddenly became very self-conscious of, of my body, of my backside. And, and I started wearing baggier clothes, and I started wearing, like, things that were too big and didn't want anybody to see. And I just really started to hide. And... Um, and a lot of that light, uh, that little girl light that was somewhere in there kind of disappeared. And um, I just started to get really shut down. And um, and that pretty much went on through the rest of middle school and high school and then into college. And it just got worse and worse as the years went by. I just got more and more withdrawn, more and more into the food. Um, didn't want to go hang out with my friends. I would rather stay home. Um, and it just was really focused on my body and my weight. And um, when I got to college, I, I really, um, I really, it took off. Like, because I wasn't, I wasn't with my family. And I thought, when I come to LA, everything's going to be so much better. You know, I'll be away from my family, and everything's going to be great. And I got here, and I got worse. And I was in college, and you know, everybody was like dealing with like the freshman fifteen, and and. Uh, you know, I was doing both. I was, like, compulsively overeating when I was in college, and then when I'd go home for the summer, I would restrict, and, and I'd get really thin, and I'd come back really thin. And 
thinner. I mean, no one ever told me that I was like, I never, ever had anybody tell me um, that I needed to lose weight. I, what I, what I would look in the mirror and what I would see in the mirror, I saw somebody who was bigger. And that's the scary part of this disease is that I would look in the mirror and I would be like, I am bigger. And my friends would be telling me, you are getting smaller. And I'm like, I'm the same that I was a week ago. And they're like, no, you're not. And and to me, that there's something so frightening about that, you know, to be able to, to not, like, trust and be able to gauge anymore um, the truth, what's real and what's false. And um, so, you know, through college, I just really spiraled down. And, um, you know, there's so many stories I could share. Like, I mean, I went to the gym when I had food poisoning. I, I um, yeah, it was really, and I think the people were looking at me not because I was like, they're like, oh, I want what she has, but because something's very wrong with that girl over there on the treadmill, you know, and um, and I knew, and I just felt inside like something was just not right, and I just didn't know what it was at the time, and um, so I ended up having to leave school, and I withdrew because I wasn't also, you know, my part of my disease is depression and I went into really bad depression and just couldn't I couldn't function in school I'd go to sit in classes and I just my mind would be spinning and I wouldn't be able to retain anything and I just I really um, I wanted to die on a daily basis and um, and I was alone my parents were 1500 miles away and they weren't really seeing what was going on and Finally, I just I took a medical leave of absence from school and thinking that that was going to be the right decision, but again, it just ended up I got worse until I got worse until I got better. You know, like I had to get really, really low until I was ready to be like, all right, well, the next, the next, um, the next like thing for me probably would have been death. Like I, I probably would have eventually like. Done. I mean, I tried, but I, I would have, event- if I hadn't gotten help, I would have eventually gone through with it, and it would have been, been an ultimate thing. But, um, um, so I, I ended up, after, when I took this leave of absence, I ended up, um, I was seeing, um, I was getting outside help at the time, and, and I remember I was seeing her for depression, and she started asking me, like, about my food, and, um, I thought that was kind of weird, but I, I would tell her, you know, she's like, what did you have for lunch? And, and it, my lunch usually consisted of fat-free, sugar-free, carb-free, everything, you know, and, and nothing, or I just ate so much food and I feel like crap, you know, and um, she was really concerned, and, and she started talking to me about anorexia, and I'm like, I'm not an anorexic, I eat, like, I, I thought... My whole idea of anorexia was that you just, you don't eat for days and days and days. And I started to see, like, there's different forms of this disease, you know. And um, and so we started talking more and more about that. And eventually, I just, I finally went into her one day. And I'm like, I just can't, I can't deal with the world right now. I need to go somewhere where somebody can help me. Because I'm, I'm just so lost. I have no idea what to do. And I can't. I can't hear it anymore from the people who keep telling me to eat. They just, they're like telling me to eat and I, am, I can't, you know. And so I, um, I ended up um, 
checking myself into a hospital. And, you know, I, I looked at a couple of hospitals in, here in California, and I ended up picking one that was a 12-step program. And I really believe, I have to believe that that was God, you know, guiding me to where I was supposed to be, you know, planting the seed of recovery. And, and um, I, had, I had, like, two other choices, and that was the one. I just decided... Um, that was where I wanted to go, and and um, and so that's where I got I got really immersed in the twelve steps. I, I I knew some people who were in twelve step programs, but not in OA. You know, I just um, so I went to this hospital, and that's where I got the steps, and and um and I'm very very grateful for that. I I think about my life today, and I think about steps and. There's something so powerful in step work. Like, I'm seeing it so clearly right now. And um, and just the healing that happens when I put pen to paper and, and I tell people what I'm feeling and I tell people what I think I'm, I'm bad because of, you know. And, and a lot of my, my ism is I'm a good girl, good girl, bad girl syndrome, you know. I have, like, I'm good if I do this and I'm bad if I do this. And I was really perfect as a kid. Like, I was like, I'm going to, as long as I'm perfect, everything's okay. And the walls just came down, you know, came crashing down. And that, perf- the, that holding that, that perfection up just became so exhausting and I couldn't do it anymore. And... So um, so I came out of the hospital and I, I started going to meetings. And, um, you know, for those of you, if any of you have come in and haven't gotten it or, or are just not understanding or just having a tough time, it's okay. Because when I came into the rooms, I did not get it right away. Like, I, I had to sit in the rooms for nine months before I was finally ready to say, all right, what's the sponsor thing, you know? Like, like I, I see people being sponsored, and I know that I need somebody, but I was just so scared to trust. I was so terrified to trust anybody and um, and to let go of the control. I mean, to me, it was like, I'm going to die if I'm not in control, you know? And, um, I mean, and, and that might be, like, sound weird, but, I mean, I physically thought I was going to die if I wasn't in control. The the feelings inside of me, I'm like, I'm going to jump off a ledge because I have to just know what's going on, you know? And, um, and I just, to give that away, to give that over was really scary. And, and I did, I eventually, um, I talked about my food a lot in those nine months, and, uh, and people in the rooms just, like, loved me. They just kept saying, okay, well, I love you, and what are you going to have for lunch, you know? <laughs> and let's talk about Thanksgiving, and let's talk, you know, whatever. Like, I, I got the love despite con- continually coming and being like, I just don't get this. I'm, I don't want to let go. I, I'm too, having a hard time, and... Eventually, you know, I, I asked someone to sponsor me, and they started working the steps. And, you know, 10 years, 11 years later, um, I'm still here. And, um, and I, I will have 10 years in August, on the 23rd of August. And, um, and I was thinking about, I mean, I really, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to prepare, and that's okay because I can really get caught up in like saying the, the most profound thing that's going to like change everybody's life. And, <laughs> you know, it. 
really I was like, God, if there's one, what's one thing, if there was one thing I was going to say to anybody, like what would it be, and if I, that I need that I would need to hear, and um, and I thought to myself, you know, the one thing that I can just totally, totally say about the program is that. Um, yeah, I, I have, I'll have 10 years in August, but really, it, was, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I'm grateful for it, don't get me wrong, but the disease, it's a day at a time. Like, my food is different from day to day, you know, and and I've had, my abstinence has changed since when I first walked in here. It's very different, and maybe to somebody today, my abstinence might not look like abstinence, you know, but I've had to experiment for health reasons, I've been experimenting in the last like year and a half for health reasons, and and I've had to really learn like what works for me and what you know doctors are telling me this, and I'm like, I'm a compulsive overeater. Like I don't know how to. Like I think I can do it, and then I'm continually reminded that I have to bring God into that situation. I just I have to bring God in. Um, if I'm trying to do it on my own, I will fall. I will fall. And. And so it's been such an such a process for me, and also a process of letting go of what it like having to be perfect. You know, like I just there's been periods of time where, like when I first came in, like all I could do like was eat protein, like because I never ate any protein, and that might sound so small and silly to somebody, but for me, like that was a commitment that I could keep. And I kept it, and then eventually, like, I got to a place where I'm like, okay, this isn't really working anymore. I need something, like, more narrow. And, and you know, as they say, the road gets narrower, and it did. And then eventually I was doing, like, three meals a day and two snacks. I had no idea what three meals looked like until I started doing it. And then that got comfortable, and then hmm, it's just it's really changed. And I am, um, wow. Wow. <sighs> <laughs> Oh no. Um, okay. Um, um, so it really, it's really been such a process, and um, and I'm in a place where I'm, I'm like, and I never thought I would be here. <laughs> oh, one more thing. But um, I really am questioning sugar, you know, I, I, and it's a hard one for me because when I was anorexic, like I didn't eat anything, and and I shared this in a meeting before that, like, my anorexic head says, but I didn't get to have any other things for, like, the first 15 years of my life, you know, or whatever, and so I'm entitled, you know, <laughs> and, but the, there's this other voice that says, okay, is this sane, or is this your will, is this, or is this God's will, and is this just because you're having it because you want it, or are you having it to medicate, you know, and that one I'm working through right now, you know, I'm, I'm working on it, and I'm, I, I just I don't know the answer to that yet, um, and um, and I know that I just like everything else in my recovery, like I have to surrender it. Like it's not anything I can do on my own will. Like I I, just, I think I can say I'm today I'm not going to have it, and every time I do that, <laughs> um, I end up really back in it. So um, so it's just been a process, and I um. And I didn't share, also, like, when I came in here, I was I was about 95 pounds when I walked in here. So um, I was pretty pretty sick spiritually and emotionally and physically. And I want to talk about the spiritual because I, um, I need to talk about the spiritual because that's 
that's really where I'm making my priority right now is, is my relationship with God. And, and I, being in OA has actually brought me into two other programs, so I'm actually in three programs right now, but I'm just getting clearer about, um, and I, I know I'm not supposed to talk about them and I won't be specific, but it's just like everything is related for me. Like the food is related to this other thing and this other thing is related to the food. And, um, and I really... Um, I'm just I'm getting I'm getting to a deeper level with God. Um, I grew up I didn't share anything about my upbringing, but I grew up in a very very hardcore Christian um, family, and um, my dad was very very. Um, are we allowed to talk about that? Okay. Um, my dad was very very like you will do this and you will go to church and you will sit there and 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 it was. It just that was my life, you know, growing up. I was very involved, and and I did have a relationship with God as a kid. And somewhere along the way, I think um, part of it, my being diagnosed with chronic pain, I, I didn't understand, and I had all these feelings about God that I never voiced to anyone. And so I automatically assumed that God hated me because a God that loves me wouldn't give me an autoimmune disease that causes severe pain physically, and and um, and have me, like, limping around and on all these drugs. And, and I just I really went into kind of a low place with that for many, many years. And I didn't really talk about it there. So on the outside, I appeared to be handling it very, very well. And inside, I really wasn't handling it well at all. I was confused and angry, very, very angry. And um, angry at people who were healthy and angry at, you know, and I just I really... Um, so for me, I, um, you know, growing up in that, as a Christian, I, I just automatically assumed I must have done something wrong, you know, because that's what they told me, like, do something wrong. I mean, that's, not everybody told me that, but I just, I heard what I perceived and what I took in was, if you're good, you get this, and if you're bad, you do this. And, and I'm seeing more and more that I'm, I'm kind of having to filter go back and, and, and look at this stuff and kind of look at the people like the people around me were sick God wasn't sick like the people around me might have been just telling me what they knew and um, so I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of walking through that and I um, and I'm I've um, I've really been been um just the whole, my relationship with God has just changed so much and um, in the last like this last like six months to a year has been probably or was like one of the hardest times in my life I um, like the last four months have been really hard I was in really bad flares for like constantly for multiple months and not able to move and 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 I've had periods like that, but this was this was just um, I had hit a bottom, I think, with how I was taking care of myself and my health, and um, and looking at my own level of denial, and um, you know, the food covered all of that up. Like, really, you know, I started getting into anorexia like very shortly after I was diagnosed, and I all the feelings that I wanted to, that I needed to feel as a kid have 
started surfacing now as an adult, and some of them aren't very pretty, but but that's okay. You know, I've, I've been a lot more, my ability to embrace them is, is much more today than it was even like three or four years ago. Like, I'm so much more open to even talking about it with you guys. Like, I used to be so secretive about it. I, I talk about it in a very general way in meetings, um, and I've gotten much more specific about, like, I will say, I have arthritis. Like, I have arthritis, not I have a chronic, well, sometimes I say I have a chronic illness, but, but I, I'm getting much, it's becoming much easier for me to just say it, you know, like, because it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, I, I, I don't, and, and I'm starting to see that, you know, as I'm, as I'm going more in the direction of recovery and, and, and asking more for God's guidance, I'm, I'm starting to see, I actually said this to a friend of mine today, I said, you know, the very thing that I thought was my curse, like, I'm starting to see in my life is totally my blessing. Like, God gave me this gift. Like, I get to use it. And, and my dad and I were talking, and I was talking about this trip I went on for the holiday, 4th of July, and my dad and I were talking, and my mom too, and, and we sat down as a family and, like, we're talking about some things, talking about my health because I've had to. I'm not working right now. I've had to go on disability um, because I was just getting so sick. And that's been such a humbling experience for me to receive without having to feel like I have to do something. And that it's okay to ask for help. It's been one of the biggest things I'm learning is that, it's imperative that I ask for help and that I let people in. And I never wanted to do that. And I was talking to my parents um, while I was away, and, and my dad asked me, if they never find a cure in your lifetime, would you be okay with that? And I said, I think I would be okay with that. And the fact that I said that was like totally, that was just totally God, because I, I, been getting to such a more level of surrender, you know, and um, and the more that I can surrender, like, the more my life is just, like, so much more graceful, and I've just been able to, to do some just things I never in my wildest dreams thought I would do, and um, walk through things, and um, like, I've been doing some work with in Washington, D.C. around this, and like, I never imagined I would be, like, on the hill, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, um, and it's just such a gift, it's just such a gift, and, and I really, um, I have my good days and I have my hard days, but I, I just, um, it's brought me closer to God, you know, and, um, and having this disease, having compulsive, being a compulsive reader and being an anorexic and a bulimic, it's like, having the disease has really in some ways and I, I don't know what was, I don't know what other word to use but forced me or given me the opportunity like it's again it's imperative that I turn to a higher power like and I'm so grateful because I don't know how much seeking I would be doing if I didn't have this disease you know and questioning and really asking okay God what is your will and and um and what do you want me to do? And, okay, I messed up again today. <laughs> what do I do? You know, and I, 
it wasn't perfect while I was away. You know, I was really having a hard time coming here because I felt like my food wasn't perfect, you know. And I'm going to be like, it's going to be awful, you know. <laughs> and, and I just, um, my friend reminded me, she's like, think about where you were at 10 years ago when you walked in here versus where you're at now. Is your food the same? No. <laughs> I said I have much more awareness and things are very, very different. And, um, and, you know, I'm just, um, I'm doing a four-step in another program, and I, but I, you know, four-step boy, major house cleaning, even, I've done steps in here, too, and my life changed, you know, when I did my fourth and fifth step. I mean, all the steps are amazing, and the four-step, there's just something so powerful, and I really, like, when I was home, I've had so much anger, you know, with my family, you know, and just getting to a place where I'm kind of like, okay, do I want to stay clinging to that same story? Do I really want to be identified by that story? and Or do I want to create a new one, you know, and have, you know, and, and I've been asking God, I'm like, God, please show me how to forgive my dad, you know. And I was reminded by a fellow that, you ask and God will show you don't worry you know maybe not right today but God will show you and I feel like the walls are coming down I mean just this last two weeks just the conversations that I had with my mom and dad and um pretty pretty amazing you know and being able to say things that I was so terrified to say and being able to speak and um and to like have them hear me and I love me and you know, just communicate, you know, because that's so much of my uh, of my fear is I don't want to talk, you know, and one of my sponsors, you know, lives in Mexico, right after I did my fourth step, said to me, the key for you is going to be to talk, and I'm like, oh, crap, you know, like, I just didn't want to talk, I'm like, please, and I cried, I cried for days, because I'm like, please don't make me talk, please don't make me talk, please don't like, make me tell anybody how I feel, because they'll leave. You know, that was my biggest fear, that if I tell you what I'm thinking or if I show you who I really, really am, you're going to leave me. And I'm finding that the more that I tell people how I feel and the more that I let them in, the closer I am to them. And the ones who do go away weren't meant to be in my life in the first place. And um, so... Wow. What time did I stop? 6.20? amazing gosh um um i'm just trying to think of what else to share um well i guess um what i'll say is you know i'm probably gonna just end up stopping early because i don't really know what else to say and um other than you know, the one thing that I can encourage if you're struggling and um, you haven't, don't know what abstinence is or have, are having a hard time getting it is that just, you know, just keep coming back because that's the one thing, you know, that I have done, I've done um, pretty much consistently, even in, like, what is very, very imperfect food and what is very, very imperfect life. Um, I have kept coming. I've been through death. I've been through birth. I, well, I didn't give birth, but my, my the birth of my nieces and nephews, and I've just I've been through 
just a lot of things in absence and with the support of this program and um, and support of people in it. And I'm really just so grateful for my connect my connecting with God more and more. Like I'm just so grateful for that. And um, it's like I crave it so much today. Like I just want it so bad. And when I walked in here, I was so scared of God, you know. And and so um, it, it's um it's really cool. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. So I think I'm gonna just stop. And uh, I want to just thank you all and thank you again for asking me. Oh, okay, any questions? Yes. Hi, thank you so much. I'm wondering, could you talk a little bit about how you work your 11th step? Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you, and I, I know, wow. Um, That's a hard one for me. It's, It's a hard one. I, I, the prayer, I pray, like, for me, you know, I've, I've done all, all, I mean, I've gone down on my knees and done the prayer, and I've done, just for me, a lot of times prayer is just communicating with God constantly, all day long. The meditation has been the toughest for me, and it's probably not a coincidence that you're asking me that question, because I've been really encouraged by multiple people in my life to start getting into the practice of meditation. That one's a tough one for me. I have a really tough time sitting still, and um, sometimes for me, meditation like is a yoga class or um, taking a breath, you know, and and I so I tend to think I have to swallow it all at one time. Like if I meditate, I have to meditate for 30 minutes every day, and I've been really reminded that like start with one minute, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one minute, you know, and build from there, and so it's very imperfect, <laughs> but um, but I'm working on it, so. Lori, how do you take your sponsees with the first three steps? Okay. Um, well, I, I, my sponsor, um, she, she doesn't sponsor me anymore, but I, I tend to stick to her, her guideline because it really helped me. Is that I, first I, I get an idea of where they're at with their food. Like I have them check in their food with me for about a month just to kind of see where they're at. And then I have them do um, like read the first step and change the words alcohol to food and then write what they relate to write about what they relate to and then write where they're powerless in their life like over food and whatever else they feel the need to write about Um, because I don't believe it just is all the food it's everything you know and and then the second step I do the same I have them read it and um, and again you know, underline and, and write about what they relate to, and and then with the fourth, I mean, with the second step, I there's like four parts. I have four parts. I'm happy to be happy to share them with you if you'd like. Um, and then the third step, I tell them that the act start of, starting of the action step. You know, really, um, you know, turning you know your will and your life over to God. And and I ask them when I when we go through it, I ask them at the when they've done. That finished doing their writing, I say, do you feel like you've taken the first step? Do you feel like you can 
without a doubt say that you are powerless over. And then when they said that, when they said yeah, then I moved them to the next one. So yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you do at the Um. Well, I I try to get to as many meetings as I can. I'm in multiple programs, so I'm for me it's really a balance between um, working all three. Um, it's it can be tough sometimes. I I have daily meditation readings that I. Um, the books that I have, and I'll read from that. Um, I um, go to. I've been going to meetings like pretty consistently every day. Not since I've been out of town, but I've been trying to get to sometimes two meetings a day. Um, but that's just because I have a lot of time time on my hands. Um, I talk to my sponsor, um, sponsees. I have sponsees that call me twice a week, and one that checks in with me every day. Um, and as I said about the prayer, it's like for me, I I was praying like pretty formally, but now it's been more of like just talking to God, you know, throughout the day and, and asking God to, you know, if I'm having trouble with something or if I'm um, needing guidance or just want to talk. So that's some of the things that I do. I haven't... I'd like to say I'm in a place right now where I have this consistent thing that I do every single day, but it's not. I, I kind of take the tools and I use it, use them throughout the day. So, yeah. Can you tell us about how you've gone now? Um, yeah, sure. Um, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, I'm I'm actually uh, I'm starting to see God more as loving, you know. And I one of my sponsors had me do. I've been through. I keep talking like one of my like I've been through a few sponsors just because um, one moved away and then others just there we just changed. And um, but I I had one sponsor who when I did my I think it was my second or third step she had me write a want ad. You know, like, what do I want? What, all the characteristics of God that I want. And I did that, and and that was really helpful. Like, it was, like, loving, kind, gentle, my best friend. And it's it's so, it's really changing, you know. And part of me is starting to kind of dabble with my childhood upbringing again. You know, like, allowing myself to ask the questions and to go to people that I feel safe with and say, this is the, these are the questions that I had 15 years ago that I'm afraid to ask now. I mean, that I was afraid to ask then that I really want to ask now. So it's it's been, like, I, as I said, I'm craving God more than I've ever craved God in my life. And that, to me, is, like, a huge miracle. Yeah. Sure. Is that it? Oh. That, that's fine. So we end at 6.15. Okay. All right. <laughs>